0: And
1: welcome to episode 10 of season two of the Young Hearts Run Free Podcast. Joining me as ever is my co-host and esteemed pie eating thoroughbred, John Cassidy. How are you today, John?
0: I'm good, man. What's happening in your world?
1: In my world? Well, I'm in a very good place just now, but no running related.
0: <laughs> we'll be I, more on that later.
1: Yeah, if you can wipe the smile off my my dish. Who are we
0: talking to tonight?
1: Running related wise, I couldn't get a monkey to go <laughs> running just now, to be honest. I've no run for 10 days, but ah, that, that's, that's by the bye. So who are we talking to tonight? Well, we've got a super interesting episode coming up. And we're joined by another fantastic guest. James Waldy is the operations director at Active Root Ginger based Sports Nutrition. You may have heard us speak about it in previous episode. We're both fans. Listen on to hear all about the Active route story. But it turns out that James is a rather handy runner himself, a man who prefers the steep stuff of the hill running circuit and does so to almost as good a standard as John and I. <laughs> with plenty podium places under his belt in hill races and beyond, he's managed to crown his career to date with victory in the recent chilly chilly trail race so the next hour or so will be john and i's chatter with james enjoy welcome on to the podcast james hi guys thank thank you very much for, for having me on very excited thanks for coming on and a podcast debut for you
2: it is yes yeah a chance to uh, for, for some self-indulgence I guess.
1: <laughs> Absolutely, self-indulgence um, is something that we need to partake in every now and again so yeah it'll be, it'll be great. Yeah,
0: yeah I think I think what we've found is people that come on, guests that come on and speak to us, they're actually really enthusiastic because not a lot of folk at home want to speak about running so to have an audience like us too we're here to just super uh-huh. in. so it's going to be brilliant. Looking yes forward to
1: it. <laughs> I think we, um, you know us runners, it can be quite a single track mind when we've got discussion topics when we're speaking to other people and we maybe sometimes don't realise that there may be no interested one jot. Mm. (laughs) Um, Very true, yes. I've got colleagues who must think of me like that, you know, going, ah, Bora, Bora, who cares?
0: I've got a wife like that.
1: (laughs) Yes. So on that particular topic, James, we're going to start, Speaking about you and your running, okay. And later on, we're going to all go on to speak about active route, something that we've actually spoke about quite a bit on previous podcasts. But running for for you, can you tell us a little bit about your history? What got you into running? How long have you been running? You've been doing it since you were a kid, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Go for it.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: It's a, it's a huge huge part of my life,
2: really. I've I've been running since about 12 and I'm 28 now so um yeah so I can I can't really remember not not running yeah and I, I just started at, at school really as kind of classically in, in into into football but a bit bit too bit too small I used to play in defense and um got asked to go along to the local club which was um Cornwall AC and uh, it it went from went from there really and just uh, had had you know very very supportive club and uh, very supportive dad as well who, who who got me along to races and that and that sort of thing. I think I was very very fortunate in 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 Cornwall AC um a really kind of fantastic club that had had a great kind of uh, kids setup all the way through to to when you were kind of 16 and then after that, you know, they had a great, a great um, adult team as well, and used to used to travel all over the, the, the southwest. They Used to do the cross country, which is the, the Westward League. And um, Cornwall was a very, very kind of strange place in that it's really isolated, but it's it's got a huge wealth of talented runners. You know, I I, I didn't really appreciate it at the time. The, the guys that I were training with and, and racing against. I remember when I was. When I first started, and there two guys, you know, it's quite quite a small kind of group of, of runners. You may be running against thirty other kids, and two of them were were in the top ten in the country, you know, all, all from from Cornwall. Um, a guy called Dean Scott and, and Jacob Landers, and um, so I was really lucky. And obviously, uh, immediately trying to aspire to to be as as good as those guys. And uh, yeah, so so the first thing I was kind of aiming for was 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 to run for. For Cornwall, uh, when I was about about thirteen, and uh, yeah, it just all, all went from there really.
1: So at that point, and you said you were, had the support of a it sounded like an, a great running club and mm. your family. When did you realise that you had a wee talent for it? Was that early on? I'm not. I'm not
2: sure. I've ever had natural talent for running. If I'm, I'm totally honest, I think. Um, um i don't i don't think i'm being being modest either i th- I, th- I think it's more about just uh, when you, when you're that age certainly being very small and lightweight and then having having a lot of kind of luck in in coaches I had a coach called well first thing, my dad actually really got onto the coaching side of things and then uh, another guy called uh, alan rowling who's who's currently still coaching quite a few kind of um english english standard uh, athletes and um so yeah i don't i don't think i was uh, ever kind of that naturally talented but being being small and at school no one really wants to do cross country so you're like oh, i can do that and i can win things you know uh-huh. <laughs> so you, you you know you naturally you, you go along with it but i think competitive spirit it, yeah c- competitive and um i put a lot of gr- graft into it yeah, I, I'd, I'd say a lot of it was having a, a, a dad who walks the fine line between not pushing too much, but also providing a lot of support. So I was, yeah, really, really fortunate in that because he, he used to kind of drive me around the country and 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 like I say, became a coach and, and started reading coaching manuals and that sort of thing. So brilliant. Yeah, I think I was yeah very very kind of fortunate in in to you know have that kind of surrounding me that kind of spurred me on to to keep training
1: and you know achieve things. One thing before we move on that I wanted to to pick up on, you played in defence at football, I'd imagine, mm. right back or left back, depending on what foot you were. And the big question is, what, what team do you follow?
2: Well, this is a bit
1: of a. <laughs> Uh, tough subject at the moment
2: is uh, at, at school I, I, I did play left back I, I, I used to get called mini Michael Owen um, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a huge Liverpool fan
1: so <laughs> treat treat me nicely um, <laughs> sure. well do you know you say that it's just a, a recent dip in forum really isn't it, it? Is, it oh, is. but you, get,
2: you, you get all the fans jumping on the kind of clop out immediately which is ridiculous
1: I was kind of hoping for like a Torquay or something like that. There,
2: yeah, yeah. Well, the local local club would be uh, would be Plymouth Argyle. I watched them a few times. I don't know why. I I remember actually um, my, my friend Alex, who is the kind of you know the most popular kid at school, and he he used to jump from club to club, and he was on Liverpool, and then he jumped to Arsenal, and I was like, I'm sick of this. I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with Liverpool. Um, <laughs> that was the kind of era of. Uh, of Robbie Fowler and Michael Owen and uh, yeah, kind of very young Stephen Gerrard and that sort of thing. But and I, some great Michael. players you
0: mentioned in there. I, I had a wee liking for Liverpool since 1977. Really, Kenny Dalglish signed for them in 1977 yeah. for a then British record fee of 440,000 pounds. Yeah, <laughs> I still remember yeah. it. I still remember it. And I tell you though, see and I'm, I can see Stephen's face he's absolutely delighted that football's on the agenda a wee has <laughs> uh... uh, well,
2: funny enough my uh my my brother's um favorite player purely because of his name was uh was Callum Davidson who I used to, I think he used to play for Leicester didn't he yes so my, he did my, 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 my brother's uh brother's name's Callum so uh okay. Girly for association. <laughs>
0: right, James, can I just ask, was there a pre-chat for you to set this up? <laughs> I, did, I did
2: think about it because he's he's been in the news, on no, Saint Johnson are through to the final, aren't they? That but...
1: <laughs> way, This is
0: news to me. <laughs> I feel like I've been taking hook, line, and sinker here. <laughs> James,
1: do you know what? It's funny you should mention that. <laughs> Yes, St Johnston. Yeah. Hence the general glow and smile about my person at the moment was the the, the weekend that just was saw St Johnston cruise into the final of the week Cup, which was um, to, to put a, a big smile on a lot of people um, in Perthshire's faces who followed the followed the Saints, myself yeah. included. So yeah, it's um, much yeah. needed.
0: Anyway, bringing it back to running.
1: Yeah, bringing it back to running.
0: (laughs) You mentioned there about your dad and the coach, and we've got to say a big thank you to all the parents all across the whole UK who give up their pretty much their lives, you know, when their kids are interested Mm. in a sport, whether that be running, football, horse riding, whatever, you know, gymnastics. They get parents, without the parents doing that, we would have a lot less sports men and women, obviously. Mm. And you mentioned about coaches too. I read the book recently. It was by an English female athlete, Jo Pavey, and mm. she was saying that the 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 coaches' contributions to her career were absolutely phenomenal. You know, and I think it's great. What a lot of these, what a lot of the influence coaches can have on young people is brilliant. See when you said you started the. Cornwall AC, when you were around about 13, did you stop playing football or did you do both? Did you mm. transfer to. <clears throat> I,
2: I tried to do both for a couple of years. It was just injuries, in, impact injuries I was getting from football. And the other thing is, you, you know, football's quite time demanding on, on, on your weekends and, you know, it's always Sunday games um, and doing do the Westwood League, the, the cross country that I mentioned was always on a Sunday as well. So I think there came a point where there was a conflict of interest and I think it was just when I started running for Cornwall or something like that where <laughs> I think it was also when my club got relegated, funny enough. Um, <laughs> but I stopped. <laughs> um, Natural conclusion. Yes, exactly. I was like, well, I've had my career.
1: Yeah, you did they touch were. on something there quite, I think. No, I didn't play football at any kind of level at all in terms of quality of football but I played football regularly and when I picked up running I found that I struggled to merge the two for exactly Mm. the same reasons that the football was detrimental to my running aims and objectives. so the the playing of football just disappeared and I I missed the social side of it more than I missed playing football you know the the whole social changing room banter etc but that was when I was like 30 not when I was 13
0: (laughs) yeah Can I ask? Can I just go in and ask then, James? Running at that in these teenage years, was there a level of success there? you Running for Cornwall, how did that go?
2: So I started, yeah, I started running, running for Cornwall, which you know uh, at the time was was you know everything that I'd, you know I wanted to achieve, and um, we started looking at kind of national championships and and, and that sort of thing, and um, that's 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 me and my dad. The, I think the problem I had was more the kind of psychological element of running because particularly for kind of cross country when you when you go and do a national event you're looking at racing about kind of five to eight hundred other people and that for me I used to get so nervous you know I couldn't I couldn't sleep the night before the race you know that that those factors kind of became really kind of you know detrimental to performance on the day and those you know there's a few times when you know, I wasn't looking at kind of winning ever anything, but we were looking at kind of maybe getting in the top, top 50 for an English champs or something like that. And, you know, I'd I'd end up kind of 150th or something like that. And I think where the, the I started getting success was actually in the kind of smaller competitions where I'd be racing the same people. But because there wasn't that level of intensity, I'd do more, a lot better, which kind of lent itself towards hill running where you do have smaller fields and that's not really any any slight on the on the quality because you know throughout the years you've had plenty of really you know incredible hill runners who've who've taken on the kind of more classic cross-country and road races it was it was more a case of the fact that you know i personally wasn't getting overwhelmed by the kind of whole experience, and it's there's something very different about racing kind of individuals to to just racing a whole host of other people. There's, if you haven't done it before, you should you should go in for one of one of these races, like the Scottish National Championships or something
1: like that, because it's so different. Is that you just know, because the quality of the overall field is so high, or is it to do with um, you? You spoke about about almost getting stage fright a wee bit. It sounded like, and some of these
2: it's uh, yeah it's it's 100% stage fright it's um it's you, you know you start in these in these races and if you know if you're in a smaller field and you kind of know the people around you you know you can relax time a tiny little bit you can kind of think oh well i kind of you, you know you, you shouldn't obviously be be thinking about them too much but you're familiar with it if you're suddenly sprinting and you've got all these guys around you you know and you're literally surrounded it's so different, and and the, of course the other thing is you've got three people crossing the line every second. So if you're five percent off the pace, if you, you know if you have a slight off day, yeah, you
1: could be a hundred places down. <laughs> you know, um, are, um, which is these are things that I've never really had to think about, um, John. Probably when he was in his his all his pomp would have probably been involved in the, the sharp end of that. But at that time he was mere probably cutting about discos in Perth and Perth. You know, like
0: Aye, the la- so. last
1: order, that
0: <laughs> fifty but meter I'd, sprint. I just yeah.
1: want to give listeners a wee bit of perspective around about you know when when James spoke earlier about you know, he's no talented. I look at your times and I, I'd say that you are talented and you have got. When you've done the graft you've done what we'd call a lot of graft i was going to say something else there um so just just for perspective your, your 5k park run time because i think that what's your, your 5k time i think it's fifteen forty five.
0: anybody what? that comes in with i think is being very humble
2: <laughs> you know your
0: 5k time and there's also a number well, of people- the the, the,
2: the, re- the reason I say that is I've 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 hit that time three or four I've hit around about there three or four times now it's it's either slightly below or slightly above I'm not quite
0: sure what I would say there'll be people maybe listening to this on their, a run on a Saturday or a Sunday who have now stopped they've got mm-hmm. their phone in their pocket and they're rewinding that and say what did he say? <laughs> 15? <laughs> so no but that you're right Stephen that does put james's times into context you steve and i often use the term the sharp end and you mm-hmm. said are running at that sharp end of events if anybody has not and well maybe Stephen you can link to james's records on the run britain rankings we've been looking at that's a website mm-hmm. we're looking at um oh, yeah. and you, you'll see james's times in there and they're really really impressive anyway Stephen we're doing what we always do well, jumping, jumping way ahead, you mentioned Cornwall, James, yeah, but you're now residing in the in Bonnie Perthshire. What brought you to Scotland?
2: Well, my dad, my dad's from Gala Shields originally, um, so I've had, I still have family in the borders and I knew new Edinburgh fairly well. So I came, I came up at uni, and I, I've got no idea why my parents let me do this, but I basically picked my uni on which were closest to the hills so my unis were Edinburgh, Stirling, Lancaster and Cardiff <laughs> because they were <in> the, <laughs> next to the, the Brecons and the Ockhills and obviously <laughs> Arthur's in the Pentland I mean how ridiculous is that?
0: <laughs> um,
2: but right. I came up to, It's it's, 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 it's um, quite interesting actually because I, I was I didn't get into Edinburgh for history. I only got in for, for archeology span um, and I'd picked, picked history for everything else. I didn't really want to do archeology span and I was, I had my finger hovering on the mouse to go to Cardiff. And my dad just said, just go to Edinburgh. You know, I think you'll have a better time. And I went to Edinburgh and, first day I said oh can I change to, to history you know really nervous like oh god am I going to be able to get in they've probably got no spaces and they're like yeah we've got plenty of spaces jump on in so it was, oh, yeah. it was, really, <laughs> so it was really really uh, really lucky really that I um that I, that I came up to Edinburgh you know life would have been very different if I'd gone to Cardiff but I've got a, th- a few more links that I knew um I don't, don't know if you know An- Angela Mudge she, she's originally yeah from devon i didn't know her then but i knew knew that she she'd re- originated from devon i used to do a lot of um hill training on uh, on dartmoor where she used to train she gave me a lot of good good tips for training around there and she was obviously part of carnethy i knew i wanted to go and go and join the the, the red and yellow of uh, of carnethy which i which i did straight away but um been up in scotland ever
0: since we should um, again but a context say that angela mudge is hill running legend absolutely fantastic runner held in a very very high regard
2: yeah i mean angela is one of these classic um classic hill runners where if you if you talk to her she's so incredibly modest she you know she's well or she was world mountain running champion and she'll just kind of you know shrug her shoulders at it saying you know, she, she's, uh, you get that all all over the place with in, endurance running. It's is what's is one of the great things about it is you don't really get that many kind of egos. I'm sure. She, I, I think she's in calendar, so um, you have yeah. to you have to get along to one of the races as well.
0: Brilliant. Yeah, because she has one of these. You're right. You're saying that people are very humble. There's very little ego in there, and everybody's very encouraging. I remember, Steve, you've done a you did a whole race, didn't you? And you really enjoyed it. Was was that the, was it Bishop Hill you went to?
1: No, I did the I've done the Lowman's hill race, Lowman's a five hill race a few times because I've got mates who are in the Lowman's hill running club mm. and they mm. encourage me along. And what I find is, is with the hill running approach, you know, it's just that lot more raw, the basics, you know, it's just best, shortest shorts you can find and you know a pair of um, yeah. walsh pbs or whatever and um, and you're off and there's something quite almost retro about it nowadays you know it's almost mm-hmm.
0: like
1: you know you've got all this science and you've got kipchoge shoes and all this stuff that people are doing just to get uh, accumulation of marginal gains or whatever they call it and then you've mm-hmm. got hell running and fell running and it's just it's scraped back to a human against the elements in the hill, you know, and there's something quite... Uh, and James was saying about the size of the races. So the fields are generally, what James, correct me if I'm wrong, sometimes 50, sometimes 150, but not often, unless it's one of the bigger bends or something like that, not often into the hundreds and hundreds. So that community feel around about it is real strong because everybody knows each other.
0: What I would also say is that if, if you live near somewhere, when races start again and if you're no runner just go and watch a hill race it is phenomenal to watch these men and women horsing up a hill but even more impressive horsing back down a hill it's just I like disengage brain and just go for it it's absolutely wonderful to see there's something almost spine tingling about it I absolutely love watching hill racing and it's over the, very quick sometimes
1: arm, yeah there's got kind of sprints is there an animal called the ibex the ibex. Mm-hmm. It's an alpine animal, and it was featured on like, do you know one of these David Attenborough show, shows, or something like that? And they kind of balance on little ledges and cliffs. Unsure where about in the world. I'm not that. Maybe you know James. Um, but anyway, then they actually take off down the cliff, like in <laughs> <you know>, the, <laughs> the, the, the vertical cliff. And look, I've I've watched the hill runners, the the guys at the sharp end, and it's just phenomenal. The descending is just so. Like awe inspiring, and I'm like, oh my god! Do you, do you know it must?
2: You should, um, brain, you should, you should go to uh, Alva Games Race in in July. That's obviously at the bottom of the Ockhills. yeah, because that is absolutely ridiculous. It's uh, you basically you, you you sprint out of the the games field and you go straight up the hill. I'm not a hundred percent sure of the stats, but it's it's something like you climb thousand feet in in a k or something like that. a K wow. distance, so you're basically walking the you know the whole thing. You get up to the top and you've got to come back down. And I I did it a few. I've done it twice, and the the first time I did it, it was so wet, you just went down on your bum, and I almost got I couldn't control myself, but I almost got disqualified for going basically through someone's legs. <laughs> as they were trying to stand up and this woman shouted at me and then the other the, the a year later I went back and did it and obviously fell over again and I had this um piece of bush basically sticking out of my leg at the end which uh, I, had, I had to get pulled out there was still what I thought was a wee bit left in there um, <laughs> Which I had to get tweezers out, and basically there was still a thorn. I was like, "This is really sore for about a week after, and there's still a thorn in there, probably about kind of you know two centimeters long." Under <laughs> the you know, it's it's an it's a it's an outrageous race. It, it's out of this world how steep it is.
1: But if, if, if you want to go to the edge, that's that's where the edge is. Certainly, it's um, yeah. Okay, I'm doing that. I'm um. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to run it. I'm not wanting to just watch it. I'm going to run it.
0: It's just check. Yeah, scheduled for the 10th of July this year. Fingers crossed, these things oh, are back. Yeah, I'm yeah. Going on, I'm going on holiday. Cancel your holiday, man.
1: Nah, man. I was, this is a <laughs> big holiday. Had it planned for years. <laughs> right, can't, can't, can't be
0: cancelled.
1: <laughs> so, be next year.
0: <laughs> so James, you've mentioned that. I don't know if that's your favourite race. Do Do you have a favourite race out of the ones that you've done? You've done. You've done a lot of hill racing. But on Hills or on Tarmac, what's been your favourite? I got
2: I got the question for this and I kinda it, it was a difficult one because I worked out I've probably done between four and five hundred races over over six weeks. Oh. So it, it 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 was it was a difficult one for me. I narrowed it down to three. Not not out of the kind of the best ones that I've done, but the I don't know, you could you can stop me if you want, but I can I can each one of them's kind of got a slightly different story. On you go? Hi. Yeah, well when I, when I was um 16 I was just getting uh, pretty pretty good at, at hill running side of things and um uh, my my dad the, you know the, I try not to kind of glorify him too much just cuz I don't you know I don't want his ego to get too big um but <laughs> He, I, I remember, I mean, obviously, fell running in particular is quite a northern sport and he used to drive me from Cornwall. I remember a particular instance where first weekend in May he drove me up to Ilkley and then the second weekend he drove me to the Peak District to do a race called Wild Boar Clough. The, f- the weekend after that was the Scottish Champs up at Scaltee near Aberdeen. So that's three weekends in a row, which obviously being being a kind of I think I was 15 at the time did not appreciate what was going on at all and was totally focused on you know the fact that I was that I was running and you know and being nervous about these races and not you know what what my dad was doing for me um but but the year before I remember being at a race um I was yeah this was when I was getting kind good and there's a chap called um Maybe I shouldn't name him, actually, but he basically said to my dad, he'll never run for England. And this was this was in front of me. So um, we kind of we, we, we didn't really take that particularly well. And that season in the, in the winter, we were kind of we were a bit kind of motivated by that and a bit of a, a kind of F you. to to this chap but anyway it was absolutely great because at this second race in the Peak District it was a it was a qualifier for the English team and I got in and I gave him two fingers um, because I wanted to run for Scotland (laughs) so it's uh because my you know being being the Scottish through my dad's yeah the week the week after and the the Scotland team at the time was really good um had uh, Robbie Simpson was challenging for a guy called Mike sorry Matthew Gillespie who's gone on to run Close to four four minutes for the mile, and another guy called Jamie Stevenson, and it was it was going to be tough to get into it, but I I did, it was unbelievable. I crossed the line. And I just um, no joke, but I kind of I just sat down and just cried, which is ridiculous, really. But I just felt like I'd kind of you know achieved something, which a few years before I just never you know that would have been the the pinnacle. I thought of of, of my career going away and running for my country and I managed to get into the top three and uh, but anyway it's um it, you know we go on a few weeks to um the, the youth championship which is what, what, what it qualified for and uh, uh it was in Italy being a kind of um I don't know a bit naive to it we set off and I was in second uh for the first lap and uh quickly went down uh, but but uh, down I think I finished in about 21st but But the funny thing about this story is that on the first lap, my dad took a picture of me and I'm about 20 yards ahead of Robbie Simpson, who obviously went on to yet third in the Commonwealth Games. My parents have since framed this picture and put it on the wall. You can just see the side of Robbie's head. But it just shows that <laughs> I was once ahead of him <laughs> in a race. But anyway, it was it was a, it was a really good thing to go and do. Um, proud representing your country and everything. But the the thing I distinctly remember was the Russians being there and this guy who was I think he finished twenty second, one place behind me, and he he was called Scars. What a what a name, eh, for a Russian, Scars. Um,
1: it's like a Bond villain.
2: Yeah, exactly, yeah. This, this, this was before any, you know, I don't want to accuse them of anything, but before the Russians kind of got into the big, big doping scene. But um, it was really funny because our host, the Italians, laid up this huge spread after, after the race. And the Russian team come in and they've got their own dish, which was um, boiled eggs and boiled potatoes. And that's all they ate. They didn't touch any of this other stuff. They just had these um, this really kind of you know, dour dinner, and you're just thinking, yeah, what what have they got in those eggs? You know, <laughs> I think that was quite a kind of defining uh, race for me because I, th- I think he, when you when you're that age, you don't, you know, I've said this quite a lot, but you don't really appreciate kind of, the, you know, some of the things you're f- fortunate to to do. And running for your country is absolutely brilliant. You know, you get a real buzz for it you know, it's, it's nice to fit for your family to be to, to be proud of you and that sort of thing, but... Um, so
1: was it England you were running for then? Or did no, you, no, it's, it, or it was, Scotland. Scotland,
2: yeah, yeah. I, but, I, I had, I, it was literally in that moment when I got handed the form, I had a, a split-second decision to take this form and run for England because obviously I didn't, I didn't think I was going to get in, I just had a really good race. And on, yeah. I took the gamble of leaving it and... Um, and going to the, the Scottish trials a week later and hoping that I'd get in, which was what a, what a stupid thing to do. I'd been really, really annoyed if I hadn't got into the Scottish team. Yeah, but, it's like all oh, your eggs in the Scottish basket. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's a strange thing. Is, is, you know, when I was in Cornwall, I liked to think of myself as being Scottish. You know, my dad had forced me to watch Braveheart and the like. But I came up to Edinburgh and suddenly I was Cornish you know that was that was who i was but you know you know people like
1: kind of um being the opposite of of where they are i guess but um i get that what's your in scotland what's your favorite scottish hill hill race carnethy
2: five race and those sort of of hills is you know mean quite a lot to me both because
1: i've been part of the club and i've I've done the race a few times
2: Um, are you
1: still running for carnethy or are you hunt or no no controversial Stephen I'm glad you
0: brought
1: it up (laughs) I ran I ran for Carnethy for for
2: about seven years and then um I I was I was friends with a lot of HBTers and um it HBT is kind of the alumni club for Edinburgh Uni Yeah. um and I've been trying to put off wearing the brown vest for as long as possible but I was I was going to all the races with them and I just decided it was probably probably the time to to change. But obviously now I've, I've moved to Perth and and joined
1: Perth Road Runners. So yeah, looking forward yeah. To, to be do, doing some races with them. Yeah, um, absolutely. Good um, bunch of guys at Perth Road Runners. John and I know numerous characters. And yeah,
0: There's a good few good few men and women in there. Brilliant. Yeah. And I know there's a lot of people friends oh. that have their running's really improved by being part of the Roadrunner. So, yeah, they're a good group. They're a very good group. Yeah. James, Can I, I just want to go back a wee bit. There was right. enormous pride in your face when you were describing representing your country and making your parents proud and having that photograph. You would never know where it finished, but having that photograph on your folks, wall, wow, I love that. And I just want to say that your face changed when you were describing that. There was an obvious pride there, and it's a great memory to have. So, well, well done. Thank you for sharing that.
1: That's all right. No, I was just going to say when we were on Perth Roadrunners that there's literally hundreds of Strava segments there for the taking. So <laughs> you go and do us proud in Perth. Cause, um, you have uh, another lad in Perth who who gets ben, a lot of them, Ben. Ben Green, Ben Greenwood. Yeah. Yeah, Exactly. Ben Greenwood. Yeah. I, I used to I'm I used to try and hide Strava segments, you know, in places that people wouldn't run, just so that I could feel good that I had some crowns and then they'd always get discovered and then Ben just go for a yeah, stroll through them and, yeah. and whip them all so yeah you go do us proud and get get, get <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah I'm gonna
2: do a bit more training first to, to get some of his yeah he's uh, his, uh...
1: Stir it up, I'm stirring it up a bit getting the Strava <laughs> the Strava wars on the go <laughs> so James um it's apparent that you like running up hills I think it's fa- fair to say We've got a lot of listeners who maybe want to try and run up a hill or they are maybe feeling a bit nervous about trying to run up a hill and run down a hill. What would be some little tips or words of wisdom that you could pass on to them? Hill running is it, it's, it's called
2: running, but it's a very different sport to your kind of, you know, your road race. And it's – I would deem it more of a kind of a personal adventure – when you go and do a hill race, particularly the, the long ones. Um, and when you, when you, when you think of it in that way as kind of, you know, conquering the route or the, or the hill, I think it does, it does take a bit of pressure on it. And, and the best way, the best way to start is just to go and get an OS map, you know, go and find your local hill, just go up it and not put any pressure on yourself to, to run up it. And, and, you know, it's like anything that the more you do, the the more confident you get you'll get the more kind of fitter you'll get on the hill i'm not going to say the easier it will become because you'll you'll get you you'll just get faster and and keep pushing yourself to the same level but the other thing to remember is that it you know going uphill is 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 difficult um but it's ev- everyone's in the same boat i mean we've talked about it before in terms of the the kind of running community and i think that's one of the the, the big things is that everyone knows it's it's going to be a a hard day out but that's what brings everyone together you know whether you're at the front or you're, you're you know you're bringing up the rear it, everyone's gone out there to conquer the hill as it were and um and hope, hopefully everyone does successfully at the end of the day so it's i would i would just um i do a bit of research and and pitch up at a small hill race because there's, there's a huge variety in you know in 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 scotland pitch up at your your local one and just just give it a go and don't the, the beauty of hill running is you, you don't have any pressure to run a time you know you don't you don't have that oh well i did this 10k in this time last last week you know you, you're so dependent on the conditions
1: and and the height of the hill and the terrain and that sort of thing um so you don't have any pressure at all one thing you mentioned there you said about grab well, an os map we had Mel Sykes on the podcast last week. She is from John, correct me. Home for Yorkshire. Home first. Home, yeah. Home in Yorkshire, and she made great reference and use of the OS app on her phone for um, discovering new places and having a mm. almost a bit of a safety net. So uh, it's just another shout out for that because um, I've, I've downloaded it and I've been having a good. Um, is just having that way, and you can download the maps without needing the phone signal and things like that. So, nice yeah. little safety net there as well. And the other thing that struck me when you were speaking there was at the end of hill running races, it's kind of a tradition that the, the club who is putting that race on puts a little spread on in a community hall or a, a church hall at the end. No. You know, this really, really motivates. John and myself is the thought of food at the end of the run, and I've been to some of these hill races, and you know it's all that John, it's all that home bacon, you know, yeah. like egg mayonnaise, bridge rolls, you know. Oh, I can feel myself getting a wee bit excited. So it's it's come on running, come on racing, get back. It's
2: absolutely ridiculous what some of these these clubs put on. You know, it's 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 a it's a full on meal, but. You know, it's 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 just such a fantastic atmosphere at, at the end when you get something like that. And it, it it you know, I remember you know if you ever if you ever get the chance to do the the, the Carnethy Five, which I wouldn't I wouldn't start off hill running with the Carnethy Five. It's it's a tough route, and it's also in February, so it's uh, <laughs> conditions are usually pretty difficult. But um, Yeah, I do a, I do a couple of um trial runs with with that one, but. Everyone's in this uh, school h- hall at the end, you know, warming back up and just talking about how crap the day was and how crap the conditions were, and you know, that sort of thing. Yeah, and yeah, it does smell, and you know. So, um, <laughs> It's absolutely, you know, it's, and yeah, you get a few, you get a few older guys who just, you know, they strip naked, they don't care, they're just, they get out of their wet clothes and whatever they've got on, but. um, Yeah, yeah, they've got their
1: nineteen eighty two Ron hills.
2: Yeah, they may as well not be wearing anything on the hill. Some of the short shorts
1: that you get are just outrageous. (laughs) <laughs> yes oh uh, yes yeah Brilliant. we'll put a photo of your short shorts up as the podcast out no yeah no, <laughs>
0: no, really. can um, i just can i just quickly ask you mentioned just because hill racing is a bit different and you mentioned there james about a long hill race what what would mileage wise or kilometers wise what would you call a long hill race
2: it's, it's difficult to put a, a distance on it for myself it would well i mean in scotland that i guess you they're called the long classics so that those are i mean they can be quite short in that they can be kind of 11 miles i'm calling them quite short because you get others that are kind of twice that distance but the the reason they are you know a long day out is because of the terrain and because of the amount of climb so you're talking you, you know if um Oh, I'm trying to think of an example. I, I mean, the, a local one would be the, the Ockhill 2000s, which off the top of my head is about 18 miles, and I think about 5,000 feet of climb. Yeah, so
0: care. that's a good old challenge, isn't it? That's a tough
2: race. I, I've only done it once, and I wouldn't go back to it very quickly. That was absolutely brutal. It takes in all of the Ockhills above 2,000 feet, and you, you start on the um, in, near Glen Devon. And you're kind of, you know, you're going along and it's all quite runnable um, on kind of very grassy paths. And you think this is great. And you get about halfway through and you basically you go, you go. I think it's called Blair Adam Hill. And At this point, obviously, it's incredibly misty. You can't you can't see a thing. There's not much of a climb to this hill. So you've got no idea where it is. And you're, it's just bog. So you're walking through a bog for about half an hour going, why on earth am I doing this? <laughs> and, then, and then they take you off this and you're like oh great i'm going downhill fantastic and you go down this steep land rover track and you're like oh and you're absolutely winging it pummeling your legs and you get to the bottom and you've descended all that way all 2000 feet and this didn't used to happen they've had to change the route because of um they're reforesting some of the hills so you get into men's and they go right you've got to go all the way back up to Maya. <laughs> <laughs> Which is about another 1300 feet, and I had cramp so bad going up to Maya that I um, I had to walk and in, in like a steep kind of hands on knee because I, I basically every time I tried to run or straighten my leg, my it, I just couldn't, it would just cramp up. Not that I was going to run that far, and yeah, just um, flipping out. that was um, <laughs> that was so tough.
0: You can hear it uh, in your voice. I know. <laughs>
1: it's one thing. The Oakle Hills are, are, our, are our local hill range, just adjacent to where I live in ochterarda But they are very, they can be very soggy
2: mm.
1: all mm. year round. You know, it, mm. takes, it takes a really, really dry summer for the Oakles to kind of dry up. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think that that reflects it. Because I'm pretty sure it's August time, the, the race. Yeah, it's mid, mid mid August that one. Yeah, I'm um,
0: yeah. going to say there's some right sadistic race directors out there, isn't there?
1: Yeah, it's
2: uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean that. I mean, to, to be fair, you'd have to you'd have to go through through a burn otherwise. But oh my good days, <laughs> I've I've got nightmares. I, it's it's funny actually. I remember I I I ran the first first bit of it, and you get and then you cross over a r- Land Rover track, and there's a, a there was always a guy there called Peter Mackey from Shettleston. Lovely guy with, with jelly babies and coke. And at this point, I had someone chasing me. So I was like, I'm going to crack on. What a mistake. About two minutes later, I was crying his name. <laughs> and it's awful because you can, you can see the top and you're walking along. And five minutes later, you can see the top and it's still in the same place. Young guys, you know, it's... it's, it's... <laughs> but you should. Everyone should definitely go and do hill running. It's <laughs> yeah.
1: oh, it's 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 joyous. It's the purgatory you go for, isn't it? But it is. It's brilliant to hear that you saying that because it's you know you are at the sharper end, and but you still get that feeling yeah. that that yeah. summit is just getting no closer.
0: Can I just Jay. say as well, we've now moved on from the tips and tricks bit. <laughs> we're not Here expecting we everybody is gonna experience well. You sorry, you may experience how James just described it, but James got there probably a lot quicker than any other world. Should also say as well, people only hear this audio, but Steve and I were looking there at James, got his head in his hands, describing mm. that. <laughs> the memory is coming back. So, James. Is there a bucket list race you've not done yet?
2: I've got a few I want to go back to. um, I've got Unfinished Business um, with with Larry Grew, which I did did a few years ago. Um, At the moment, I'm, I'm really kind of just trying to take a month at a time in terms of looking at races, really kind of looking forward just to you know more and more opening up and doing whatever really and you know cracking on with park runs to kind of cross-country races so yeah there's 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 nothing kind of on on the short-term horizon I I think at at the moment it's uh, I'm 28 so I'm really trying to focus on developing my short distance speed so that's anything up to 10k and then when i'm a wee bit older uh looking at maybe doing some ultras but i'm i'm very very hesitant about them at the moment i don't know maybe you guys can can talk talk me into them but i've i've obviously working with active root been a few like we've we've sponsored um uh jed and 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 glen ogle and
1: and and a few others and
2: yeah they're, they're tempting but not right at this moment i don't think
1: It's funny you say that because I think we've even said it in another episode. It's usually when you're on the, your endurance can go up as your speed goes down. But you've still still got this base speed that can really transfer well over into the, it's almost like once a football player hits that age where they were maybe a, a mini Michael Owen when they were younger and they end up becoming Franco Berese. Yeah, see, oh, <laughs>
0: Franco Barese. Oh man.
2: Stephen Gerrard right. kind of box to box and then playing that kind of, you know, um, spraying football all Jan over <laughs> <laughs> Yeah,
0: um, well you mentioned you mentioned there the, the Larry Grew. I've I've done the Larry Grew and with a couple of guys on in season one did the Larry grew as well a so fantastic group. you see unfinished business let's talk about that what happened there yeah. it was uh it was the one that
2: was on the uh the adventure show so it was 20, 2018 I, I I don't know why I signed up to it really I think my friend Hamish had done it the year before because it was it was well out of my comfort zone I think what was it it's, a, it's a, just over 27 miles and um I think I'd just it was the year I was doing the long classics, so I wanted to do something that wasn't part of the series just to kind of warm me up for them. I thought I'd do quite well, but didn't really know what was gonna gonna happen. Yeah, like like you say, a really, really nice, nice race, particularly kind of as you get f- further into the hills and we, we, we were we were trotting along and fortunately Hamish, who who I worked with a a run for it, was was running alongside me at this time and there's a group of group of six of us and i just remember it was quite a kind of not not a, a pedestrian pace but i wasn't used to the kind of the fact that it was 27 miles we were going to be out for you know 3 and a bit hours so you're not necessarily kind of racing but no one was chatting so i kind of i thought i'm going to really try and kind of un- undermine people here and i just started chatting to hamish i i, I sprung something on him i told him i got in- engaged just to kind of make him know that I was really relaxed at this point but I think he cottoned on because he then started talking to me about how he'd gone to a Taylor Swift concert <laughs> earlier in the summer but anyway it seemed to work because within two miles the rest of the group had disappeared so were <laughs> getting sick of our our chat um we'd, we'd undermine their confidence but it, it it just it just seemed to to go quite well and Poor Hamish, I think, was getting, starting to get cramped halfway through. It was absolutely boiling that day. It was it was so hot. So I, I ended up leading it, got to the boulder field. And as you know, it's quite tough through there, but I managed to get get through it okay and got all the way down to kind of ruffy Murcus. And it was, it was so hot at this point. And I was literally, I remember vividly counting down the tenths of a mile on my watch and just trying to keep, below seven minute mile pace and just hang on and i knew if i got to the road i could win it if i was in the lead basically and i got to the road and thought i'm really really pleased i've never done a road marathon (laughs) it was so grim Uh, you've got about two miles to go when you hit the road and the problem with rothy Merkis forest is if you look at it on the map it looks like it's going downhill but it's so gradual. And I got there and I was like, oh, great, downhill, downhill. And you hit it and you're like, oh, gee whiz. Um, there, is, there is a morals behind this race, which, which I'll gradually get to. But I, I got to where there's, uh, you kind of begin to turn into Aviemore, and there's this woman who looked, I thought, like an official, but I don't know, I must have been just so, so knackered at this point because I asked her how far to go. And she, I thought, confidently said 400 metres. I was like, fantastic and I started running usually you're supposed to go under the tunnel to the left but she'd said 400 meters so I just went straight on and I, I got up and I got to basically in line with with the railway station I was like there's no one here and I looked behind me as second place went under the tunnel oh <laughs> And um and I was just like, oh, maybe I can get him. Because I'd obviously stopped at this point. I was like, what the hell's going on here? And I was like, maybe, maybe. One last throw of the dice. And uh I started running. And those aspirations immediately disappeared as I realized my legs could no longer <laughs>
1: <laughs> But it was
2: I obviously ran into the finish and um it, it was a bit of a desperate situation because I was absolutely gutted and I knew that I would have won it and that that's not what it was about at all it was more you know I'd, I'd really achieved something that you know it was a race that I'd stepped into kind of maybe a bit naively and and it was so difficult you know the, the last few miles I had to put in so much effort to to kind of for, for that to happen was absolutely desperate on the other hand you've got the guy that's won who's run an incredible race you know, you, you don't want to be a kind of knob in that situation and go, oh, you know, I should have won that. So, And it was really inc- you know, it must have been so diff- difficult for the race director and at the end of the day, it is a hill race and I didn't look at my map. So, you know, it was entirely my own fault. Do you know but,
0: what, I've
2: just been,
1: when, when you've been speaking there, James, I thought I'll just, um, I'll just Google that on my phone. <laughs> I've, I've come across the race report. <laughs> no. Yes, yeah. and, and it says, um, the race insists on the competitor carrying a map and compass and navigation is required the person crossing the finish line first is the winner but i do have a little sympathy for james i've got i've got i've got a couple of points with that
2: which is number one the race is 27 miles long so the map you print off abbymore is tiny so you wouldn't be able to navigate on it the other point is when i said to when someone brought it up he said he basically said well you've missed the arrow just as he said this another guy came over and said "Ah, oh, the arrow is missing because Hamish who was in third also went wrong so I was a, I was happy to kind of you know come second or whatever I was a bit miffed to be uh to be told it was
1: uh entirely my own fault for, ah, for navigation. that that's but, but that listen that's that's hill racing, that is hill racing. It's exactly. it. It's like it's your responsibility. It's your fault. Get, exactly. Get and, exactly. And and to be fair on George,
2: like um the, the, the guy that won, he you know he went and wrecked the finish, which I didn't bother
1: doing. That, that's the, you I'd, know, be I'd be raging, John. Would you have been raging?
0: oh wow! I was raging when James was talking about it <laughs> but yeah, yeah. but yeah but I know I totally get it how you can how you can very much miss that and to be honest if it were I'm thinking about hill racing if there was an arrow it'd be an A4 sheet of paper that would be it do you know yeah. what I mean it wouldn't be a big like race
1: uh, high vis London thing Marathon, is it?
0: No, nothing like that so but that's a great reason to go back man an absolutely great hopefully it's not as warm because that was a Roasty, toasty, yeah.
2: that one. I think I could, I could do it, and certainly some of the training I've been doing over the last year would would lend itself to to that race in particular. Because although it is a long hill race, it's it's a fast long hill race. Like you've got what two, what is it, three thousand feet of climb, but it's all on. Apart from the boulder field, it's it is all on trail, and uh, I've got, you know, it's there's not a huge amount of navigation involved. So it kind of it suits me quite well.
0: Stephen jokingly said at the start of that that you should have had some active root with you. Active root is the ideal thing to have on a day when it's as warm as that, you know, to give you that nutrition. Can we we speak about active root?
1: Okay, so we've mentioned, of course, during the duration of the podcast, active root a few times. I said at the start that John and I had mentioned it quite a bit in previous episodes. It's certainly come up in, in the ultra world um, it's something that has become really well established and well known but there's still a lot of people who discover it Um so if it's okay we'll just okay just to speak a wee bit about route and yep. tell us tell us a bit about your role in the business and a wee bit more around about how route came to be.
2: Well it started in a in a pub my, my colleague Will and, um, and and George who Will had done the London Marathon uh, in in 2015 and basically got an upset stomach every time he was using any sort of sports drink or any any sports nutrition obviously if you're doing something like a marathon you kind of need to take on fuel my I can't remember my parents ever doing this but apparently he got given ginger as a kid whenever he had sore stomach so um, he kind of put the two together basically and and that's where the idea for Active Root came from was having rather than having you know your standard artificial sports drink which you know could give you um, you know bad stomach why not have a natural sports drink that actually actively prevented you feeling sick so that you could continue fueling whether you were doing a marathon or a triathlon or an ultra and it developed from uh from twenty fifteen. And I I started summer of twenty seventeen and Will when quit his job um and I started part-time uh working with him and at, at that point we were basically kind of we had the one product which was in these white little sachets and we used to get about one one sale a week and we'd kind of jump jump for joy when this <laughs> one sale came in. But we uh we, we, I think we really put ourselves out there, and we just tried to go to as many events as possible, particularly kind of running events, at, such as a Octorada Running Festival, and really get active route to to as many people as possible. Because to my mind, and I, know, you know, obviously I, I, I work for the company, I've got extreme bias. But even when I got offered the role, you know, there is a lot of bad sports nutrition out there, although they say, you know, they they say they do something, you know, it either doesn't taste good or it's full of artificial ingredients. Um, It does give you gut bombs. You know, I'm not going to start on kind of your standard um, gels and that sort of thing. So the whole idea behind active root being, being something that tastes really nice is refreshing, settles your stomach. It seemed like a, a winner. I you know personally was really motivated to to get it to as many people as possible so yeah and that's that's where we came from and and now we're three of us as myself and Will and uh, we've just employed someone called uh, Sarah as well who does our social uh, media and helps with um, fulfillment but we're we're in a warehouse in in Lonehead now so you know having started working in, uh, in Will's back room, quite proud of, 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 of where we are, but obviously want to continue continue growing.
0: Absolutely. I must say, I, th- I think I've probably partaken in most of the bad stuff, the bad nutrition stuff, go in, mm. including gels. I've had the bad stomach, definitely. And I think, to be honest, that's part of your education when you're running. But... A lot of people, we've said this a number of times, Steve and I, a lot of the people that listen to this are maybe starting out and they've maybe not done loads of events where they've even got to think about things like that. They're quite happy just mm-hmm. to have a, a bottle of Lucozade, something like that. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? The sports drink. But I, I've certainly found that I, I use Active Root in my training and the longer runs now. It is what you've just described. My stomach feels absolutely brilliant. By that I mean there's no effect. I feel the same yeah. all the time, which is a dream uh-huh. you know and just a wee john life lesson it's also very good if you've got a wee bit of a hangover i use that <laughs> as well just to quench my thirst the next day that's not that's not yeah. advertised on it but it does the job it's absolutely brilliant
2: yeah we've it's been used for we, we do get a few messages as to to where it's been been used because obviously um ginger helps with all sorts of kind of queasiness so we we had a someone using it for sailing so for kind of like uh, uh sickness. yeah yeah um like you say a few people have been using it for uh, morning sickness Um, and that sort of thing Um, we had a chap who said he was using it during chemotherapy um, to help with the sickness there so I mean that that's always you know really proud when we you know get someone who's saying that it works for them because that's what that's that's where we come from that's what it's all about is you know helping athletes perform and not have to worry about feeling sick and feeling bloated which is you know surprisingly common because it is one of those things with with running getting your nutrition right is actually difficult whether it's during or whether it's beforehand and the amount of times that because you've got the nerves that are involved with any sort of race as well mm-hmm. and if you are doing a longer distance event you are thinking how am i going to keep fueled how am i going to keep my energy up so it's there is a bit of kind of like strategy behind it so you know it's like i say when when we do hear from from customers that you know we've we've helped with a race you know it's it, you know really makes it you know it's the job kind of worthwhile i guess
1: you know um, how like coca-cola or something like that was first formed and it wasn't as a soft drink it was like a, an Alexa or something like that or cure all ills you know in the, nice. in the early 20th century or something like that it's almost like active fruit, just take it for everything
0: yeah <laughs> yes yes <laughs> I must, I must say as well, I've done the last sort of few, it's been a while now, it'd probably be 2019, I did my last sort of road marathons. If I'm on the way to that, wherever it is, the last one I can remember was Inverness, I went up on the Saturday, I was drinking Active Root on the train going up. To prepare, just to get your just to get yourself hydrated, and I think it works before, during, mm. and after. So um yeah. for me, um, at that time I was just doing this just the it was just ginger. There's no different. There's green tea and there's peppermint, isn't there? There's different flavours as well. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah.
2: We've just um, we've just moved into in, into gels as well because g- gels are a bit of a funny one. You know your standard kind of packets, and I've I've never really got them because. When you take on a gel, you take on usually about twenty-five grams of artificial sugar, which your body isn't used to, and it's going to do all sorts for your kind of blood sugar levels. But they're given out at every kind of big race, and they are the kind of they're seen as the the go-to for distance running over and above kind of a sports drink. You know, um, which I, I I find quite odd because the last thing you want to do is almost give yourself a shock of sugar, (laughs) you know, during, when, when, you know, if you're doing an endurance event, you want to keep everything very, very level and steady. So we've gone, we've brought out something last year called gel mix, which is essentially it's a powdered version of a gel, which you add water to in a soft flask, which can hold about three or four servings of a standard gel. And then you just take that gradually so you can make it make it up as, as kind of thick or as um, watery as you like. But it means I can't believe someone else hasn't come up with that idea because you, it means you can take it more gradually. And you can, you know, you, rather than having 30 grams or whatever in one go, you can you can have five grams every every 10 minutes or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the stream of
1: um, of, uh, of energy.
0: Yeah. You never, sip e-
1: you never sip an energy gel you know you just tap you just <laughs> tank it down in a one <laughs> for me it, yeah. i i i hate the gels i think i've just scunnered with them there's a good score, yeah. score scunnered they and then so i just go when I did I, yeah. I don't I've not taken them for a few years now because I hate them uh, um but you you would never sip it would you like you would yeah. drink you know, but, you so that's them. you know
2: particularly I mean i go go back to Larry Drew because I, I took I took a, a caffeinated one before miles to go mm-hmm. and you've suddenly you know your hands are really sweaty but now they're really sticky <laughs> you're holding on to this gel you're in the middle of nowhere so there's no bin so you're like right this is gonna have to go into my shorts pocket in it goes and then obviously you forget about it and then six hours later everything's dried on with pasty sweat and you're basically you know pulling the hairs out of your leg as you try to get your shorts off. (laughs) the amount of times that has happened so we're quite hope yeah we're quite hopeful for this one because obviously it's it's a reusable soft flask so you don't have to chuck any of these wrappers away or whatever so
1: um, and it's just the familiar ginger active root flavor that, that comes in
2: um, well we've we've got two at the moment we um we've got yeah the standard uh, original ginger one
1: uh-huh.
2: and then we've got a cacao and peppermint one hopefully although it's been obstructed at some border somewhere um we'll be getting a caffeinated uh, guarana one Ooh. in early February.
0: Can I just check Wait. cacao? That's chocolate, isn't it?
1: Yeah, it's a posh.
0: Cool. Yeah. It's
1: yep. yeah. <laughs> like dairy milk, John.
0: <laughs> yep, perfect. I've got dairy milk. Yeah. <laughs> I've, not, I've not tried the gel mix yet. I have seen, who was seen using it? I think it's Owen. This- Owen's yeah. using it. Scottish runner. He's been yeah, uh, yeah. he's been putting that on Instagram. So, yeah, um, I think but Bob I, Turner uses it too. Yeah. We, we were a bit un,
2: unfortunate because we launched it just before lockdown, and we were hoping to bring out these huge pumps to races where you ah. could bring on a soft flask, and then you'd be able to, you know, halfway through your race, get your fuel, so you don't have to take any um, gels with you or anything like that. Oh, so, hopefully, twenty twenty one. We'll have to bring them along talk
1: to Ardour and uh, get yeah. them at the heart the yeah, heart. definitely, definitely. That's a great idea. You could actually, I'm getting on to my more business side of things, you know, you could <laughs> have, because you know, you're often, now I've never seen a harder working bunch of guys than you active route guys, right? So where you've still got time to run 15 minute 5Ks, James, I don't <laughs> have a clue, right? I maybe, that's why, was...
0: maybe that's why he's <laughs> going to date in 15 minutes to get
1: back maybe. to his work. <laughs> maybe, maybe, you know, because... You must do some amount of hours a week and you're at every event, expo, whatever on the weekends and credit to you and the guys for putting in the hard graph to try and get your brand out there and established because it's it's no mean feat and you know, brilliant that you're able to motivate to do that because it's great. But in those moments when people are gathering or at race registrations and there's the active route stall and then aye, five squirts for a pound. Right. <laughs> Moneymaker. <laughs> but if you also to want Lord to give it away Steven. for free. If you want to give it away for free, because you, you sponsor a race. But I'd never walk up to the run for it stall and expect just to lift five energy gels. That's
0: right. Yeah. So yeah, very true.
1: There you go. That's your beer money sorted. of. Yes.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Thank me, Yeah. But no, right. that's a great idea. I like that about about the dispensers, the gel dispensers. Yeah, yeah. It just has me sort of fantasising about racing again.
0: It's been a while, but we're, right. we'll get there, man. All the everything's going in the right direction. The days are getting a wee bit longer, more daylight. The vaccines are coming. We'll get there. Yeah, just keep, just keep the Heat for a wee while longer, we'll be all right. Keep the heat. That's it. Hotel. <laughs> <Technical laughs> see when
1: you're on about your um you were saying about to start off with one web order a week and you were doing cartwheels Mm. by the sound of it um and now you're um, obviously got a person employed to be fulfillment so Mm. there's obviously more than one web order a week coming and you send it globally
2: yes it
1: it depends on on which country um
2: we we send a bit to the u.s um a tiny a tiny bit we've got a few followers out there we we send quite a lot to um we, we've got a few shops out in um hong kong okay and we've we've sent some stuff to some guys who are doing the comrades in in uh ultra in in south africa mm-hmm. it's getting out there um yeah. we, you know don't want to get into the, the, the brexit side of things but we yeah oh, we, were, we were we were doing a bit with uh with with germany as as well
1: and, and a, a cycle cycle team out there the thing is, do you know Pablo Escobar didn't have any trouble in exporting white powder places? So, <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's right, I must like it. You might yeah. have
1: said it that bit. <laughs> I'm watching Narcos just now. It's a my head. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it's it's um it's uh the the one of the
2: best things about it. You know, we we talk about orders coming. Obviously, you you, you check the name and where it's going. But one of the the, the the coolest things is when you see someone who's bought it, who you kind of know, but you you don't know them. They sorry, they don't know you through kind of active route, but they're kind of like uh, a famous runner. I remember when Donny Campbell bought some for the first time, and we thought, right, we've kind of made made it now. If if Donny is buying it, and we haven't had to ask him to buy it. It's, uh, you know, that, that was a really good moment. I mean, we've we've had a few of them recently where we're starting to reach quite a kind of a cool audience. But, yeah, in terms of exporting, it's uh, challenging, but it's also it's, it is cool when you move into another country. The next couple of years are going to be quite exciting for us, I think.
1: I can see the big world map on the wall in the warehouse at, in Edinburgh, you know, just with a little flag pinned in to all the countries that you're
0: <laughs> yeah. The orange oh. fox flag. Yeah.
1: Yeah yeah we, we, yeah we do we do have one for the UK. We do have one yeah. for the UK which is um good that
2: sounds like that motivate you. 100%, a 100% yeah. Well my my my, my mum and my parents are still in Cornwall and they were in the uh the Holland and Barrett in Penzance and they saw Actively took a wee picture for me. So that was that was a nice moment. Um so uh yeah, yeah.
0: I must admit, if there's people, if there's people visiting, well, you didn't get many visitors just now, obviously. But when there has been, and if I've got active route out preparing some stuff, people will say, "What is that?" Because it's a relatively new product, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So I always, there well, you go, just take it and try it. You, you do not have to, you, you didn't have to be going running to try it. Just try it. It's a nice, refreshing drink as well, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. So
1: I always think it would nice. It would mix quite well with vodka,
0: Jen. No, let's yeah. not go there. Maybe cut that <laughs> I just drink it. I just mix it and drink it as it is. Yeah, I, you know, <laughs> we should see that as there. well, James. We should see that as well. It's simply powder in a bottle. Mix it with water. That's yeah. all you need. Nothing else.
2: Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. It's, yeah, it's very simple. I mean, it's all it's all it's all natural ingredients. There's nothing in there that's, um, you know, you uh, know, artificial and and it's all very kind of um, simple ingredients, but. Yeah. You know, running fuel or fuel, any endurance fuel doesn't have to be, you know, outrageously kind of over the top or right. or confusing. I think that's one of the problems with a lot of top brands is they, and I, you know, I will swear here, they try and kind of, the, they baffle you with bullshit, basically. And they'll put a whole load of, you know, rubbish on the back and you'll see these lists of ingredients and it's kind of like, well, oh, I guess they should be in there if they're in there, you know. So that's kind of, you know, we're trying to come away from that a little bit and, and create something that's very natural, very simple, but, you know, people can, can trust, um, essentially. So, yeah.
1: yeah, I remember when, John, you did the West Highland Way race famously, I'd mm-hmm. say famously, and we were in the prize given at the end, and there was a, what would you call a vat of active route? <laughs> it
0: was a vat. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I had a good scalp of that vat.
1: You did you I was yeah. I went back up and down at the vat about 14 times. In fact, you probably did about an extra
0: 5,000 steps. Yeah. I tell you, you get a, well, I, when i finish finished something, I get a raging thirst. It's unqu- I cannot quench it. Uh-huh. But active root does help there as well. You know? Yeah. But yeah. Right. There was this big vat there, just at the doors as you went in. Uh-huh.
2: We've, got, we've got Adrian. From
1: uh, Run and Become to so thank yeah. for that. He uh, yeah helps us out of the West West Highland Way. Um, Adrian Adrian's names are constant on this podcast. Just
0: yeah, he, he gets like, referenced all the time. Adrian's thought, doesn't he?
1: I, oh, also also a Cornishman as well.
0: Oh, was he? I never never knew that. There you go. There you go. A lovely guy. A lovely guy.
1: Definitely. So you you told us there about what guarana caffeinated, gel mix mm-hmm. coming soon hopefully. Mm. Uh, that, that idea continuously expanding the range is that something that you incrementally introduce new products? Is that the plan?
2: We don't want to stray too far from our kind of core ethos. And the, the size we are at the moment, the, the more products you introduce, the harder it becomes to kind of control. We are limited by kind of um, minimum order quantities and, and that sort of thing with particular flavors. It's difficult for us to launch a number of, of flavors just because you always have to order quite a lot of it. Right. But we are we, we will hopefully kind of expand our electrolyte range, which we just have the, the one flavor in and get a, a lemon balm version and then also a, possibly a, a rhubarb and, and ginger version in, in there as well. And then in in the kind of in the in the foreseeable future um, I- expansion south basically is what we're looking at. You know, we really want someone to take on a role as a kind of uh, events manager or or, um, or or something like that, who can basically drive around the country, putting active root into people's mouths and and getting them yeah. to try it and turning up to your five Ks all the way through to your, your ultras and, uh, and and doing that sort of thing. So um that that would be the next step for us is because we've got full full belief in it as a product. Our problem is getting it to as many you know, getting it out there. And yeah. there only being being three of us, it is it is sometimes a bit of a logistical problem doing that. But um yeah, hope hopefully we'll we'll see some expansion kind of yeah south.
1: Excellent, that's exciting. Get a bit of traction south of Adrian's Wall. Let's say, um, if so, if you're listening and you want to drive around the country, you know, <laughs> we'll, we'll put you yeah. in touch to James. <laughs> that's, your, that's your job interview done.
0: <laughs> it just remains for that local dialect word, which James yeah, yeah. has got a plethora of places to choose from, James. We've got one more thing that we want to ask you. Thank you very much for all that information about Active Root. I found that really educational still and I've been using it for for quite a while. So thank you for a bit of the science behind it too. That's been really, uh, really interesting. What we'd like to finish up on though is we ask our guests to give us a local dialect word. And I do realise that you have Cornwall, Edinburgh and now Perth in there as well. But wh- what we do with this, is a word that, where you originally came from, it may be a word that maybe people haven't heard, or it could be a word that you heard when you were a kid but you've only heard for ages that you want to resurrect. Mm. What would be your chosen local dialect word to add to our "Young Hearts Run Free" podcast vocabulary?
2: Well, it's funny when I, when I first moved up to uh, to Edinburgh, I didn't realise it, but I did. I had a Cornish twang, so it, um, and it would just it would just come out. So I, instead of saying "Carford." I'd be talking about my calf or rather or something like that. But I always remember that at school there being a dinner lady and she, she'd be like, all right there, Cocker. Um, and Cocker is basically just a term of endearment. <laughs> but I I do think it's pure, it's, yeah, it's quite a Cornish thing to say that. When you're so, saying think,
0: Cocker, is that C-O-C-K-E-R or C-O-C-K-A? Not, I, th- I think you can
2: spell it as you like. I think being being Cornish, there'd definitely be another C in there. I think it would just be Cocker, yeah. But another one would be Janner, and I'm not sure. I think that's another term of endearment, but, um, yeah.
0: Janner. 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 Sorry, I, I just slipped into Irish there.
1: Janner. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Janner, J-A-N-N-E-R.
2: Uh, yeah, I presume so.
0: And what is it, What is that? Is that another term of endearment, or is there a meaning yeah. to that?
2: No, no. It, oh, I mean, like, yeah, it's just, a, it's just a kind of. All right then, matey. Oh, all right, well. there, Jenner. right there, Janner.
0: There you go. All right <laughs> there, Janner. You're right. You're right, darling. No, that's something else. You know. <laughs> <laughs> that's you back at the dancing again. <laughs> oh,
1: have you? What, what's, have you picked up any perfisms yet? I do say we quite a lot, which I don't isn't, isn't natural for me. And then um, little. No. Or little.
2: Yeah, my um, my gran used to say Ken. Oh, ah, Ken, yeah. Obviously, being from the, from, from the border, she had quite a um, a broad border's
0: accent. Okay, yeah, Which oh. we get accused of that. We we do get accused of using Ken, as in no. Ooh. we do, yeah. My my Perth question for you: Have you been to Murray's the Baker's yet? I
1: <laughs> knew that was coming.
0: <laughs> in the South Street. <laughs> uh no, I haven't. I can picture it though. Why? If you, if you like a if you like a Scotch pie, they also do very good sausage rolls. Other bakers mm-hmm. are available, but maybe you're vegetarian. I don't know.
2: Oh uh, well, uh, my, my, yeah, the um, the <laughs> we've got a problem in that my partner's um vegan, so there's no chance of us. Uh, of, but but there is a good vegan cafe near South Street, which you know. Yeah, there
0: is very good. After food. one
2: run one day, I'll, I'd be happy to take you to. Uh, so, are you are you vegan as well? I'm, I'm not but Because um... they
0: sell them in bags You can get it and eat it before you get up the road <laughs> <laughs> They sell vegans in bags <laughs> No <laughs> This is a good week because Murray's the Bakers opens again at the end of this week 28th They open. All right, okay. so... <laughs> John when did they close? They closed just after Boxing Day With yeah, the restrictions So yeah. it's been a month
1: john has actually been on countdown so you've got two days john till you break your murray's pie duck
0: i've got a 10 pound voucher for murray's for my christmas <laughs> <laughs> i'm no joking and we should i've now dated this podcast saying that it opens in two days on the 28th so we will be a wee bit later putting that out there but uh, i've cut this back oh. to after i asked james we had been to murray's the bakers there you go so yeah yeah it going to be a, you got a win for st johnson james has been on the podcast murray's the bakers is opening what a week man i know (laughs) (laughs) the week
1: the the best week of 2021 so far definitely but there's plenty of weeks to make it better (laughs)
0: that's right so let's wrap this up let's wrap this up james absolutely brilliant that you came on tonight i've really really enjoyed your company i loved just the the story of your running from playing football, switching to running. Big thumbs up to your dad for driving you about the country, mm-hmm. all over the place all these weekends. Absolutely brilliant. I loved the the stories that you told about your your racing, getting that getting that Scottish vest as well, which is brilliant. I thought you were going to say it was an English vest. No problem with that either. But I didn't <laughs> clarify that. Better that it was Scottish. I'm glad Stephen picked up on that. And then the stories of your your hill racing and the Larry Grew really enjoyed all of that and then the chat about active route as well so thank you very much for giving us your time this well, evening yeah,
2: thank you for thank you for for having me on and uh, yeah allow me to, to to talk about myself and uh, and my job for for uh, for your evening yeah it's oh, been
1: yeah really really good fun i've enjoyed it a lot thank you no problem and lastly just before you head congratulations on winning the Chili Chili trail race 2020 edition so that has um be, been your, your crowning moment i'm sure so thank you for yeah. that james
2: no thank you it was uh, it was um yeah, it was my focus throughout. Me. And, and no, I'm not kidding. It was, uh, you know, all training for that month
1: was going towards it. So I could, uh, yeah, do it as well as possible. So, yeah, thank you. Well, well done and managing to do it without losing a shoe. Brilliant. Well yes. done, James. Thanks for joining us. We'll leave you on that one. Bye. Cheers. <laughs>